Welcome to Reversing Diabetes with Delane MD, where women who are confused and worried about their type 2 diabetes come to learn strategies to fix it. I'm your host, Dr. Delane Vaughn. Ladies, if you know you are capable of doing badass things at work and for your family, but you're frustrated with why you can't seem to stop eating the chocolate cake, this podcast is for you. Let's talk. Hi there. So today's call is with a listener. They have agreed to come on and do a coaching session so that it can be recorded and others can benefit and see what coaching is about. So that is what we will be doing today. Next week, I will be back with another podcast. All right. Well, welcome to the podcast. I have Linda with me today and we are going to do a coaching call. Hi, Linda. Welcome. Hi. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm super excited for this. So tell me a little bit about your health and your history and kind of what you want to coach on. Okay. Um, well, back in 2020, I guess I was diagnosed with diabetes. Um, I think I had it before the doctors just never really said anything that I had it. And so I didn't know. Um, and I didn't really take it serious back then. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And so um, during 2020, it got a little worse. So by 2021, it was like an 8.9 maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's when I was like, okay, I don't want to lose my legs. I don't want to lose my eyesight. I just, I need to focus on what's going to happen. And so I went from my regular doctor to the diabetes doctor. And then from there, they sent me to an obesity medicine doctor because I weighed like 215 pounds. Nice. And so um, I told them that I didn't want to take any medicine. I just don't like to take medicines if I don't have to. And so the obesity medicine doctor, I really like her. She, she helped me as far as allowing me to be in charge. And so with that, she told me that I could try for two weeks to you know, check my blood sugar seven times a day and um change my diet exercise and so in those two weeks i showed her that i could bring my numbers down and um do what i needed to do so um that's kind of where i've been is just moving forward with that i have bad days and good days so um yeah i love that that's amazing so were you able to get your a1c down below seven Yes, I brought it down to a 5.5. Oh, look at that. That is awesome. No meds at all. None. Gosh, I hope you're doing victory laps left and right. That's amazing. (laughs) All right. So the obesity doctor, how long did that take you? Um, Probably about six months. I love that. I love that. I think women so many times feel like it's just going to take forever. And bringing the blood sugar down, I find actually can go very, very quickly. So I mm-hmm. love hearing that. All right. So what did you do to get those results? Um, I kind of went all in cold turkey, which most people don't do that. But that's me. I'm either all or none. And so, and so I did. I just, I just started with what I knew I could change as far as... Um, <clears throat> no breads, no pastas, um, no sugars, and I just started reading labels. 
And so I had to learn to do that. And I had to start doing my own research because um, a little backstory, sorry. In the midst of that, they sent me to the nutritionist, which was fine. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> that was the face I had after I came out. I mean, it was fine, so, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, she was like, oh, you need 45 grams of carbs per city. Per I'm meal. Going, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm going, no. And yeah. so <clears throat> you have to be your own advocate. And so that's what I had to do and figure it out on my own. And I just switched over to eating. Like I started out with like rotisserie chickens and raw cauliflower, blueberries, um, the minimum. And then I had, now I'm working on trying to figure out what I need to add back in. So I'm not nutrient deficient. Nice. Nice. Okay. So yeah. What do you want to, where are your, like, where are your challenges here in the present? Um, cravings. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm a chip salt person. I'm not really a chocolate person. And so, um, you're one of them. No, I'm joking. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. All right. All right. It's, and so sometimes you just feel like you're just starving. And yeah. so I, I do believe that's because um, maybe I'm not getting enough calories for the day. Yeah. Just because I've, I've been really focused on the diabetes in of the sugar stuff. And so then I'm like, well, I don't eat a lot. But then sometimes my portion sizes, I'm like, I'm starving. So I've ate like twice the amount of food which is twice the amount of sodium. And then, you know, yeah, I get the so guilt with that. There's a couple of aspects here. One is what, what true hunger is. And you may have heard me talk about this before, but what is true hunger versus what is brain hunger? Yes. And we can dive into that because I do think that's probably an element of it. And then the other part is what, you know, what do you think about chips? Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's part, that's part that's leading to the cravings. Yes. Um, oh, excuse me. The other part is this idea of um, I'm hungry and, and do I need to do something about it? Mm -hmm. So which part of that is most, I mean, cause we're going to probably overlap no matter what <laughs> we dive into, which part of that seems most uh, relevant to you? Um. Probably the, I mean, am I hungry? Because I really think that when I get home at the end of the day, I'm just super tired because I, you know, I'm just tired or I'm just, I'm bored because I'm wanting to relax and watch Or want to be entertained, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So hunger is a feeling that we experience that really has two sources. Um, warm is another example of this. We can feel warm. Like I have three layers of clothing on right now and I'm getting warm. Mm -hmm. That is a physical sensation. Or I can get a hug from my daughter and I can feel warm. Mm -hmm. That's an emotional sensation that's coming from the brain. The difference is a physical sensation or what I like to call a sensation versus a feeling. A sensation comes from nerve endings in our body and they're taken up to our brain and our brain interprets them and we get information that way versus a feeling when I hug my daughter, it comes from a thought in my brain and my brain then translates it or, or projects it to my body. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and you can kind of get curious as to where is the feeling, the feeling of being warm physically 
It's like in my legs right now, I can feel it under my arms. I mean, I can feel this heat generating versus the feeling of my, hu my hugging my daughter. That's a warmth in my chest. That's a warmth in my center that is a, a feeling of love really for my daughter. So hunger is the same. It is one word that we use to describe two different things. There is a physical sensation of hunger that starts in our stomach Mm -hmm. And it feels very empty. And sometimes it feels growly even. Sometimes even it can be like sharp, like almost like pangs, right? Like, and those are the words people describe. That is a sensation that starts in your stomach and goes to your brain. And your brain's like, ah, stomach's empty. Probably time to start hunting and gathering some food, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's the hunger that's like, it starts up here in your brain and it can start with, it's been a long day. It can start with, I'm exhausted. It can start with, I'm bored. It can start with, this is a bunch of crap. I shouldn't have to do it. It starts with all sorts of things like that. And your brain then applies it down to your body as a feeling of like, I should eat. Mm. Okay. So if you have, if you have recently eaten the biology of hunger i guess one part of the biology of hunger is if you have eaten in the last four to eight hours there's actually still food in your stomach mm. right that's why we tell people surgically to not eat after midnight right what we want you eight hours without any food in your mouth mm -hmm. so that you're safe for surgery so you don't like regurgitate and aspirate anything right mm -hmm. so if you've eaten in the last four hours there is food in your stomach okay so that's one of the things when like i that i find helpful for distinguishing am i dealing with brain hunger or am i dealing with physical hunger tell me what your thoughts are about that yeah i mean i hadn't really thought about that that there's still food in your stomach and so then dealing with the thought i think it's really in the brain a lot with me because i mean i can eat and be like oh i want something crunchy yes and then i'm like yes. okay let's go get some popcorn or yes yeah yeah and so from that space you know the decision of like oh how do you want to handle brain hunger mm -hmm. so there's a few things again like we dealing with the cravings but then there's also the aspect of you are actually your brain is actually asking for something it's mm -hmm. just something that you have up till now managed with food mm -hmm. okay so maybe the thing the something you're asking for is relaxation or the something you're asking your brain's asking you for is entertainment mm -hmm. or maybe it's um calm like my brain is wanting some calmness from the craziness of my day mm -hmm. what do you think your brain's asking you for um it's probably asking for relaxation yeah <laughs> just yeah just time to wind down yeah how do you want to provide that to your body to your brain um i mean sometimes Probably like maybe about reading a book or something like that. Um, a lot of times I'll turn the TV on. So I, I've been trying not to turn the TV on first thing when I get home. Sometimes I'll even try to go for a walk because then I've walked in this for like 30, 40 minutes and then come home and 
make dinner. So the net kills yeah. that space in there between the time I go to bed and when I get home from work. <laughs> yeah, try and do you feel like you have to do that in order to not eat? Sometimes I do, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. So definitely that, and I think that, you know, lots of folks will refer, you know, they get frustrated. They're like, if this, if I just didn't have this pattern of behavior, if my brain just didn't do this, then I wouldn't have this struggle. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's like, no, there's some information coming there. And I, this is what I try to tell women. There is some information coming from that. Mm -hmm. There's something you do actually need. It's just, mm -hmm. you've gotten very habituated at answering it with food. Right. So, um, you know, how, what do you think on the days that you come home from work and you don't go for a walk, what keeps you from going for the walk? Um, either it's super cold or mm -hmm. super hot or my main two things, just being out in the weather like that. Or I just feel like, um, <clears throat> I just, I want, I want, I don't want to go for a walk today. Yes. What else? Yeah. Yeah. And what would you rather do instead of go for a walk? I don't want to go for a walk. I'm going to sit and watch TV. Sit and watch TV. So what's wrong with sitting and watching TV? Because I eat when I watch TV. Just that mind, mm. mindless eating. Yeah. I'll go like, <clears throat> I'll make my dinner, sit down, eat the dinner. And I'm like, okay, I'm still watching TV. And I'm, oh, I want something crunchy. So I'll go make a bag of popcorn. And so then I'm sitting in the bag of popcorn. And then on that binge day, after I've ate the popcorn, I'll go get some peanut butter. And so then I'm like, okay, I'm done for the night. And then it'll be time to go to bed about an hour and a half. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this goes to feelings. So this is how we manage cravings. I don't know if you had a chance to watch the cravings webinar, but this is a, a craving management thing in that moment when you're sitting on the couch, because recognize like sometimes our brain's like, oh, I can't sit on the couch and watch TV because then I eat. Right. And of course, it's not that you need to not watch TV or sit on the couch. It's that we need to not do the eating component of that. Right. right. So can you describe in your body kind of like we just did when, you know, I described the idea of warmth that I get from a hug from my daughter? Mm -hmm. Can you describe in your body where this desire for popcorn is? I mean, it, it's all in my head, to be honest, because I feel like I'm craving the crunchiness. And mm -hmm. I don't know why I'm craving crunchiness, but it's yeah. just... Where, can you, you don't have any, like you, you've not noticed any sensation in your body. You just know it's an intense mm -hmm. urge from your brain. Yeah. Yeah. More or less so you're going to want to get curious, like mm -hmm. in the moment, like drop out of our brain. And this is the most amazing uh -huh. thing that I've ever, like, I never had any idea until like the last four or five years that this was even a thing. I lived 40 plus years of my life before I realized this was a thing. Most of the suffering that we experience is in our brain, right? Mm -hmm. And if we can drop out of that space and feel what's actually happening in our body, you know, mm -hmm. the other whatever, 85, 80% of our, our being, you know, this body component, if we can get into that, almost always there is what's going on in here is not as bad as what we believe is going on in there. 
And we do all of these things to try to treat what's going on in our body when we don't even really know, right? Like, am I hungry? Do I need salt? Do I need all of these things? We're not even in our body to figure that out, right? Does that make sense? Yes, yes. Whatever that experience is, is what you're going to have to like learn to experience without the popcorn. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. What do you, what do you think about that? When I'm like, oh, just get into your body and not eat the popcorn. What does your brain say about that? Um, My brain says, I mean, I think the brain's thinking, okay, we we can do that. We'll probably have to train that a little bit, but it'll work. I mean, when I first, when I first started, like not being able to eat potato chips, when I say not be able to eat them, I chose not to eat them. Sure. But I'd be walking through the grocery store and I get a bag of chips and put them in my cart and I'd be walking, having a conversation in my head with myself. And I would just take the bag of chips and fling them across into the thing and be like, no, and just keep walking. Like I didn't even stop to put them down. I just kind of flung them and kept walking. And so, and yeah. so I'm just like, I got it. I can do this. And so I just yeah. have, to like have that mental talk with myself, but yes. And not have, Maybe the popcorn in the house for a while. Maybe not have the popcorn in the house. Maybe have a, a post-it note on the popcorn or even put it somewhere differently. So you actually, there's a, a behavioral break. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a break in the smoothness of the pattern of the habit that you've had before. All of those things can definitely be helpful or even taping it shut. Seriously, it sounds mm-hmm. ridiculous. But when you go to the bag of po- or the box of popcorn and you go to reach in and grab that bag, you're going to actually have to, there's going to be a pause there because it's taped shut. You're going to have to be like, this is not usually, oh, I did this because I shouldn't. This is to make me pause, right. I think. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So this feeling, so these cravings are, of course, they're habit loops. They're mm-hmm. habits that are strongly reinforced by neurochemistry or dopamine release or whatever in our brain. And that keeps us in this um, loop. Do you like have a sensation that you're like, do you, in the moment, do you know, I shouldn't be eating these. And I know that not eating them is the right thing. What's yes. the thought process going on in that moment? I do. I'm like, and, and a lot of times I'm just like, I shouldn't eat this popcorn, but I'm going to really want popcorn. So, and sometimes I'll try to eat this part of the bag. I will try to do that. But sometimes I'll eat the whole bag of popcorn. And so in that moment, I'm just like, I know I shouldn't eat this, but I really want this. And so, yes. And then I've ate the popcorn and then you have the guilt after the fact. Then I'll I'll go for the walk. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm like, I ate this. I can go walk. Yeah. Yeah. I've got to do something to help it out. Um, So see where your brain, there is a stickiness. I want this, but I know I shouldn't have it, right? Like, and that's even like, there's a resistance that's there, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I want it, but I know I shouldn't. Mm -hmm. And that's what creates all of that work, that difficulty, that pushing away. There is a stickiness. There is this, I don't know how to, this twistedness Mm -hmm. that happens when the trigger for what you want is also the reward of the habit, Mm. right? The trigger, the behavior, the reward, that's a habit loop, right? Mm -hmm. The trigger is seeing the popcorn or desiring the popcorn. The Mm -hmm. reward is the dopamine release that, you know, the popcorn Mm -hmm. creates. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. But what ends up happening is there's no amount of the popcorn. I mean, it's not like the desire for popcorn goes away, which is why you finish the entire bag instead of half right. the bag, right? Yes. And so then it becomes this stressor because there's almost this realization that like, oh, there's nothing that actually satiates this. Mm-hmm. So that is, that goes back to the whole, the answer is actually learning to just sit with the desire and not have it. Mm-hmm. Have you ever done that? I'm sure you've done that. I know you've done that because you didn't get your A1C from 8.9 to 5.5. Right. How yes. have you done it in the past with other things, non-popcorn things? Um, I just, I just tell myself I can't have that. Yeah. What's the difference with the popcorn? Um, because it's crunchy and salty. I, mm. I just, I don't know. I've always like, I like chips and salt. Yeah, but chips aren't on the option, and Fritos aren't on the option for you. No. But they're crunchy and salty. So why yeah, is popcorn? I, mean, I don't know. I think just because um, I use nutritional yeast on it, and so I'm thinking it's healthier. So probably in my brain, I'm telling myself it's a better option <laughs> than the chips. Yes. So yeah, yeah. So and and is that true? Um, to a, to a a little bit, yes but not yeah. because I eat the whole bag. Yeah. Is it true enough even? Right. Like, right. Is, I mean, like in the end, I agree with you. Like popcorn isn't the end of the world. Right? right. And maybe adding certain things to it to be a carrier for healthier things. Maybe that's, <laughs> but in the end, what is it keeping you from? Right. Do you can, I mean, like, do you know, I mean, like what are the things that you think the popcorn is not allowing you to achieve? Um, probably losing weight. And I think because it's like a carb, then. Yeah. Have you seen your A1C stay in the 5.5 range? Uh, yes. Like 5.5, 5.7 where it's been. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there's still some, I know your doctor is probably thrilled and I love it. I love it when women go out there and they like show what's possible because chances are your endocrinologist and your uh, general doc probably didn't like think this, they, they just don't see this happen very frequently. I don't know, right. but I imagine that's what they've said to you. Maybe the obesity yeah. doc sees this more frequently, but those two <laughs> definitely don't. So I love mm-hmm. that you were able to show them, you know, there's something other than you guys throwing meds at people that can happen mm-hmm. out there. I think yeah. that's amazing. Um, we know though until that a1c drops below that 5.4 that there's still some insulin resistance and definitely Mm -hmm. this popcorn is likely a contributor to that and then if there's weight Mm -hmm. loss you want to do it's definitely Mm -hmm. contributing to that so at that point that's you know like your brain and when i ask you what's wrong with the popcorn your brain's like well it's a better option right but you know that there's still this block so using popcorn as a carrier for the nutritional yeast which is like the healthy right like maybe it's healthy if you give it like if you weight it like that's healthy but it's blocking me from you know losing weight Mm -hmm. and maybe still driving some insulin resistance how important is the nutritional yeast versus how important are those two health aspects 
well, it's not as important in that yeah. factor. Yeah, yeah. So, do your does your brain consider that in the moment? No, no, it doesn't. So, I just, I really, I need, I need to, I do a lot of um, on my mirror. I have writing in, you know, markers yeah. and stuff. And so I just had things on there. So that might be something I need to write on the popcorn or in the microwave, maybe the microwave, because if I get it from there to there, I have a couple of notes to say, Hey, is this benefiting you? Yeah. So yeah. can you think of when you had to let go of the chips and your brain was like, we're just not eating that right now. How did that feel? Like what feeling came over you when you saw chips and your brain's like, well, we're not eating that right now. Um, um, probably more of, I think I was hurt that I couldn't eat the potato chips. Yes. <laughs> you know, I was just like, but I like those. Yeah. And like you can't have those. They're not good for you. So yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a very emotional struggle to break up with my potato chips. <laughs> Right, right. Why do you think it was hurtful? Like, I can't have those. What I mean, like, because they were they're, they're a comfort food. Mm. And I mean, when you have things, you've had a long day, I'm tired. I want to go home and sit and eat chips and curl up on the couch and watch TV. Or you've had that argument with somebody, then you just go sit and you're going to eat the chips or it's just, it was a comfort food for me. Do you think that the hurt was worry that you were going to have to feel the emotions of kind of the day or do you think that the hurt was um more of a was it something else um i don't know um i think it, maybe it was just the fact that i wasn't going to get to have it mm. i mean it's going to be out of your reach now. So, but you're, I mean, I don't know, maybe you do have like the most expensive Audi out there, but there's lots of things in life that we're <laughs> right. not going to be able to have. Right. Mm -hmm. Those don't hurt. Like I don't feel right. like I'd love to have one of those Audis, but it mm -hmm. doesn't hurt me. Like I'm not hurt because of that. Why do you think mm -hmm. the chips were hurtful? Why do you think the mm -hmm. belief I'm not going to be able to have these is um. hurtful? I'm not really sure. Um, I mean, I guess I was a single mom. And so growing up, just, you know, I worked for everything I have. I would mm -hmm. work three jobs to make sure my kids had what they needed. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, and to be able to say you can't have something, I guess it's just the fact that I'm like, well, why can't I have that? So I just yes. had to prioritize. I hadn't prioritized myself in life. Right. So, sorry. And no, so, you're um, fine. And so with that, I just think I came to a, a place in my life where I had to put myself first. Yeah. And yeah. so knowing that I couldn't do things that I had been doing behavioral wise, then. So the, the chips were almost a form of, 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 of care of self and almost a form of self-love. Yes, probably. Right. Yes. You loved your babies so much that you worked yes. so that they could have what they needed. Yes. Right. Yes. And for you, like part of like when I need to relax, 
-hmm. I have what I need in a bag of chips. Yes. And now that was having to stop. That would be like, I mean, that would really be the equivalent of like, hey, babies, I love you so much. And although the money is here, I'm not, I'm choosing not to give it to you almost, right? Like, I mean, and even right, you look at right. the, I'm not eating the chips as a choice, right? right? Yes. What do you believe that that meant? Like, so I want you to, I want to explain that question. Okay. If you're, you were saying to your kids, hey, listen, the money's here and I'm choosing not to spend it on you. I'm choosing not to take care of you in this way. Mm -hmm. What do you believe your kids would think about the relationship between you and them? Um, they would think that I didn't like them. Probably, you know, that I didn't right. like them. Like, I didn't want to do for them. Yes. Yes. There was a lack of love there. Yes. Somehow, some way. Right. Yes. When you think about, I have shown myself love in this way and the chips mm -hmm. are there and I'm choosing not to eat them. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I had to, I had to choose to love myself. And so that's where I was because I've always taken care of everybody else, taking care of kids. My kids are adults now, you know, and I take care of grandbabies. And so then that's just where I'm at right now with, you know, taking care of me and prioritizing myself because I do want to live a long life and see the grandkids. Yeah. So what I hear from you, though, is you were loving yourself, even mm -hmm. with the chips, even with the popcorn. <clears throat> mm -hmm. You were loving yourself. You're just wanting to find a new way to do that. Yeah, probably. Yes. Yes. Right. I'm going to search for my self-love. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and it makes sense. I will tell you, you would, you would have the same, um, a similar, maybe not the same, a similar bridge to cross if your kids were getting in trouble from you buying them everything or getting them, right? If they right. were like somehow yes. going down the wrong path and you were like, oh, I'm going to actually have to not do everything for them and that, mm -hmm. let them lay in the bed that they've made, right? Like, yes, yes. I'm going to have to just sit back. And it wouldn't be that you didn't love them in both ways. You did love them in both places. It's just yeah. that you had to learn a different way to love them in order to keep them from doing something that caused them harm, right? right. Yes, correct. <sighs> what if it's the same for you? It is. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. You really is. loved yourself in both spaces. You've mm -hmm. taken away one way of loving yourself, and I don't know that you've maybe figured out a new way of doing it very effectively. Right. Yes. Yeah. So what does that look like for you? What do you think? Um, I think it's more just exploring and seeing <clears throat> what I like and, you know, how to, to find ways to de-stress, to love myself with that. Um, yeah, just trying to soul search yeah i think this is the most fun the most yeah. fun about doing this work the most fun in my brain this is how i think of it the most fun about stopping hiring food to manage all of my life to manage my stress to manage my happiness to manage my frustration to manage my boredom when i stop hiring food to do all of those different things i suddenly get to look at all the different things that I would really like to do in my mm -hmm. life that might manage boredom, that might manage frustration, that might manage mm -hmm. all of these other things. It's so, I mean, like it opens doors, right? Mm -hmm. 
Is there, do you have a list of things I would do that if I had more time? Do you have a list of that? Of things. Yeah, like, I think everybody says this. If I had more time, I would learn how to speak Spanish. If I had more time, oh. I would. <clears throat> yes, I do have that list. It's on my mirror at home of things I want to do or that, like, I, like um, I took care of my grandson for like six years and now he's back living with his dad. So I'm an empty nester finally, like I said. Um, I booked a trip to Italy because I'm like, I want to go to Italy. So I booked me a trip. I'm like, you know, I don't have money to go to Italy, but I will find a way. And so that's I'm what I did. I went ahead yes. and put the deposit down and I just, yes. So that's one of the things that I've done. <laughs> so maybe instead of the popcorn, it's mm -hmm. online and planning that trip mm -hmm. and remembering that you're doing this, like, this is the this is one way that I showed myself love. This is something mm -hmm. I've always wanted to do. Yeah. <clears throat> and that I gave myself, even when it was kind of a, a stretch, like this was a, a stretch financially for me. Mm -hmm. I gave myself that. Yes. Spend time with that. Yes. Maybe that's a show of love. I what? think it would be fun. Yes. <clears throat> I have a tickle in my throat. Oh. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay. What do you think about that? Um, I think, I think that's good. I think that's something for me to work on. Do you think that would be helpful with the popcorn? I do. I do think that would be helpful. It's finding yeah. other ways. Yes. All right. Well, I think we got, I didn't know that we were going to be able to get through all three, like the, the <laughs> cravings and like all of it, but here we are. We got through all of it. Is there anything else you want to coach on? Um, no, I don't think right now. I think I'm good. I mean, that, that helped me. Good, good, good. Hopefully it so, gives you some stuff. Yes. Like you got some forward feeling forward that, you know, things to yes. kind of try. And then, mm -hmm. um, some insight to kind of maybe why you were doing that. Like, why do I keep turning to the popcorn? Yeah. It does definitely sound mm -hmm. like there's this element of, I used to show myself love with this and I need mm -hmm. to find a new way to do that, which I think yeah. is amazing. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, Linda, thanks for being on the podcast with me. All right, I'm going to go ahead and end the podcast.